Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong with you back again on Talk Zone. So glad that you can be with me. As usual, I'm broadcasting from the city beautiful. That's Orlando, Florida. 90 degrees already today. As you know, my show is a unique blend of humor and opinion, storytelling, and information. There will never be any fake news on Leonard Birdsong Radio. Big show today. We're going to talk about, or at least I'm going to tell you about some of the dumb criminal law stories I've been working on this summer. And I want to talk about presidential pardons. There will be some news tidbits and some riddles. Today is July 27th, 2017. You may remember, some of you may be old enough to remember that 43 years ago, on this day in 1974, the House of Representatives Judicial Committee voted 27 to 11 to adopt the first three articles of impeachment against then-President Richard Nixon. He was not impeached because he resigned, but as I've told you early on this show, the first order of impeachment, or the first article, as they call it, of impeachment, was obstruction of justice. Will history repeat itself 43 years later? Stay tuned, folks. Well, I have been working on some dumb criminal law stories. These stories never go away. Last week, all of my stories were from Florida. This week, they're going to go from other places. But first, uh, Frank Handy, and I've mentioned him before. He's a colleague of mine. He's a writer, and he's a man about town. And he's a fellow who's always coming up with some interesting things. He sent me a little news blurb a little while ago. I'm going to read it to you. Listen to it. It says, subject, climate change warning. The Arctic Ocean is warming up. Icebergs are growing scarcer, and in some places, the seals are finding the water too hot, according to a report to the Commerce Department from our consulate in Bergen, Norway. Reports from fishermen, seal hunters, and explorers all point to a radical change in climate conditions and uh, unheard of temperatures in the Arctic zone. Exploration expeditions report that scarcely any ice has been met as far north as 81 degrees and 29 minutes. Soundings to a depth of 3,100 meters showed the Gulf Stream is still very warm. Great masses of ice have been replaced by moraines of earth and stones. The report continued while at many points, well-known glaciers have entirely disappeared. Very few seals and no whitefish are found in the eastern Arctic, Arctic Ocean. While vast shoals of herring and smelts, which have never before ventured so far north, are being encountered in the old seal fishing grounds. Within a few years, it's predicted that due to the ice melt, the sea will rise and make most most coastal communities uninhabitable. This is what Frank Candy wrote to me. At the end, he says, I must apologize. I neglected to mention that this report that you just read or just read 
for your listeners, was from November 2nd, 1922, as reported by the Associated Press and published in the Washington Post 94 years ago. So how about that? The more things change, the more they stay the same, huh? (laughs) All right. Thanks, Frank, for sending me that information. Quite timely. All right. Let's move on to some dumb criminal law stories that I've been working on. Some of these you may have seen in the news because most of these happened this summer. The first one comes from California. The headline, self destruction a tourist tried to snap a photo of herself at an LA art gallery and kicked over $200,000 worth of art the woman was shown in an embarrassing video crouching down with a camera in front of a row of sculptures at the Simon Birch's exhibit at the 14th Street factory she had struck a pose then stumbled and knocked over the display which toppled a line of nine other dominoes, or domino style. Yep, I saw it. There was a film of it. They went over like dominoes. $200,000 worth of art destroyed. Another story from California. The headline, There is a special place in hell for this guy. A man inside St. Gertrude Church in the city of Bell Gardens, California, was caught on surveillance tape stealing a cash box full of donations for the poor. He was shown praying by the box before breaking it open, say Bell Gardens police. Yes, there should be a special place in hell for this guy. All right, California again. Irresistible impulse or unexplained impulse, says the headline. A state judge will lose his job after helping himself to two desk cardholders, each worth between 30 to $50. A Napa County judge, Michael Williams, was caught on videotape swiping the pieces of cardholders, and they were at the City Club of San Francisco during a meeting of matrimonial lawyers. Judge Williams apologized, saying he had an, quote, unexplained impulse, end quote, to take the holders. He was censured by a state ethics panel and agreed to step down from the bench. Irresistible impulse or unexplained impulse? Canada. A couple of stories I have here from Canada. First one. First headline, lost and found in the worst possible place. The Quebec Health Ministry recently ruled that human error led to a foot-long saw being left behind inside a patient following what? A hysterectomy. Quote, It was like being stabbed with a knife, said Sylvie Dubay, who put up with the pain for two months before doctors found the blade. I hear a lawsuit. Lost and found in the worst possible place. A foot-long saw left inside of a patient after a hysterectomy. All right, legal malpractice. All right, another story from Canada. 
not as bad as the first. The headline, you snooze, you lose. A drunken man recently burglarized a stranger's home in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. He made himself a cup of tea and ate a jam-covered tortilla before falling asleep on the the sofa. The homeowner found the sleeping burglar at 3 a.m. and called police. When the police arrived, the suspect appeared more upset about being jarred awake than being arrested, said police. You snooze, you lose. All right, it's not that funny. Okay. Here's one from Cambodia. Well, actually, it's China and Cambodia and maybe South America. The headline says, the frozen mackerel was extra fishy. The frozen mackerel was extra fishy. Custom officers in Shanghai, China, discovered more than a ton of cocaine stuffed inside of packages of packed, I'm sorry, of Pacific mackerel. To reel in the drug smugglers, the Chinese officers repackaged the cocaine and let it continue on its way from South America to Cambodia, where they arrested four suspects, the officers confirm. Frozen mackerel was extra fishy. Yes, it was. <laughs> All right, let's come back to the good old United States here. This story is from Idaho. The headline, What Mother Wouldn't Help Her Daughter? An Idaho woman was arrested for allegedly stealing the placenta and umbilical cord from the room where her daughter had just given birth, officials report. Rhiannon Stoneham is her name, suspected her daughter had used drugs during her pregnancy and wanted to hide that from police, according to a report I've read. Miss Stoneham was charged with felony destruction of evidence. She got rid of the what? The placenta and the umbilical cord? Yeah, yeah, that's a bad thing to do. All right. Illinois. Headline. A medieval defense of a third person. Defense of third person is a legal defense in our American law. The headline, a a medieval defense of a third person. It's been reported that a Chicago man recently fought off a burglar who broke into his home. The homeowner used a sword from medieval times or from the medieval times restaurant to fight off the burglar. Mac Dolan is his name. He's 25, was sleeping in his apartment when he woke up to see a man choking a female house guest. Dolan grabbed his four-foot medieval times sword off the wall and chased away the burglar while brandishing the sword. The burglar was later arrested. Under the law, this amounts to a valid defense of a third person. How about that, huh? All right. All right, just a few more stories here. Okay, okay, we got it. Louisiana. The headline is short and sweet. It says, Idiot. 
A man ditched his friends on the side of the road, flagged down a passing sheriff's deputy, and caused his own arrest. How? When the Laforche Parish Sheriff's Office ran the ID of Jansen Simon, 30, through a database, it revealed he was wanted for a 2013 hammer attack, according to officials. Simon was charged with bird, with battery, not burglary, battery, and two counts of contempt of court for the attack, which left the victim with a fractured skull. That is bad. He is an idiot. Flagging down a passing sheriff's deputy, causing his own arrest. All right, we go now to Maine. Headline. Ho, ho, ho. No, no, no. Police had to chase an alleged car thief who called himself Santa Claus. Maine police had chased the man for 50 miles at speeds reaching 112 miles per hour before they deployed spike strips in the town of Newburgh, Maine, and finally nabbed the driver they later identified as Christos Casares, 54, of Gulftown, that is Gulfstown, New Hampshire. He was not Santa Claus. I repeat, ladies and gentlemen, he was not Santa Claus. All right. Final story today comes from Massachusetts. Headline, what a dummy. A driver in this state was stopped and fined for trying to slip into a carpool lane with a mannequin riding shotgun. Todd Glitton, 44, of Redding, Massachusetts, was given a ticket when the police officer noticed his plastic companion decked out in a hoodie and sunglasses. What a dummy. This is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. We will be back with you in a moment, but if you like my dumb criminal lawsters, you can always go to my blog at www.birdsongslaw.com and you can read these stories every week or some of the stories of this type. We'll be back with you. I'm going to talk about presidential pardons when we come back. Stay with us, folks. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. 
Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his TalkZone Internet radio program. And now you can read more of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series, Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at leonardbirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs, or at least a few chuckles, from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, this is Leonard Birdsong on TalkZone Radio. Glad to be back with you. Glad that you are there. You know... Our president, Donald Trump, has a things hanging over his head. Did he collude with the Russians? We don't know. There's an investigation going on. Did his campaign collude with the Russians for him to win? We don't know for sure, but there's an investigation going on, and the investigation is led by Robert Mueller, who used to be the head of the FBI, person I know personally. I know him to be a good prosecutor, a lifelong prosecutor. Now, because of it, what's going on and that President Trump is under fire, under investigation, he's been talking about maybe he needs to learn more about pardons. And the question comes up, can he pardon his friends and relatives who may be caught up in this whole investigation of the Russian or possible Russian collusion? Can he pardon himself? Well, what does this Constitution say about pardons? I have the Constitution here in my hand. It's a little booklet. We're in Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution. It talks about the president, president shall be the commander-in-chief of the Navy and the Army. And among other things, says that uh, the president shall have the power to grant reprieves and pardons of offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. An impeachment, if the president tries to pardon himself before impeachment, he can't do that. So, but can he, what can a punch a president do about pardons? Lawrence Tribe is a professor at Harvard Law School, a constitutional professor, constitutional law professor, fellow by the name of uh, Richard Painter, is a law professor at the University of Minnesota who was once the House ethics lawyer for President George W. Bush, and Norman Eisen is a fellow at the Brookings Institute in Washington, D.C., and he was President Obama's House ethics lawyer from 2009 to 2011. Now, they've written some stuff that I want you to hear about. Four days before Richard Nixon resigned, his own Justice Department Office of Legal Counsel 
wrote an opinion citing that the president cannot pardon himself, citing the fundamental rule that no one may be a judge in his own case means a president can't impart, can't pardon himself. The writers of this article, they're all lawyers and scholars, agree with this. The Justice Department was right that guidance could be found in the enduring principles that no one can be both the judge and the defendant in the same manner, and that no one is above the law. This comes from England. It's the bedrock of our legal system. The Constitution specifically bars the president from using the pardon power to prevent his own impeachment and removal, and it adds that any official removed through impeachment remains fully subject to criminal prosecution. That provision would make no sense if the president could pardon himself. The pardon provision of the Constitution is there to enable a president to act essentially in the role of a judge of another person's criminal case, and to intervene on behalf of the defendant when the president determines that it would be equitable to do so. Here's an example. The president might believe the courts made the wrong decision about someone's guilt or about their sentence. President Barack Obama felt that way about excessive sentences for low-level drug dealers, or the president might be impressed by the defendant's subsequent conduct using powers far exceeding those of a parole board, might issue a pardon or a commutation of a sentence. Now, other equitable considerations could also weigh in favor of leniency. A president might choose to grant a pardon before prosecution of a person when the president believes that the prosecution is not in the national interest. President Gerald Ford pardoned Nixon in part for this reason in 1974. Also, a president may conclude that even if a person has committed a crime, he was acting in good faith to protect the national interest. President George Bush, that's George H.W. Bush, pardoned former Defense Secretary Casper Weinberger in the Iran-Contra affair for that reason. In all of these cases, however, the president is acting as a kind of super judge and making decisions about someone else's conduct. The justice of someone else's sentence or whether it's in the national interest to prosecute someone else. He is not making the decision about himself. These writers go on to say that self-pardon under this rubric is impossible. What's the foundational case in the Anglo-American legal tradition? It's a case called Thomas Bonham versus College of Physicians commonly known as the Dr. Bonham's case. It, it happened in 1610. The Court of Common Pleas determined that the College of Physicians could not act as a court and a litigant in the same case. The college's royal charter had given it the authority to punish individuals who practice without a license. However, the court held that it was impermissible for the college to receive a fine that it had power to inflict. They ruled one cannot be judge and attorney for any of the parties. That is, both judge and attorney for any of the parties. Our Constitution embodies this broad precept against self-dealing in its rule that congressional pay increases cannot take effect during the Congress or during the, the time that the Congress that enacted it. 
in its prohibition against using official power to gain favors from foreign states, and even its provision that the chief justice, not the vice president, is to preside when the Senate conducts an impeachment trial of the president. The Constitution's pardon clause has its origin, I'm sorry, has its origins in the royal pardon granted by a sovereign to one of his or her subjects that comes from England. The writers of this article are aware of no precedent for a pardon from a sovereign for himself or herself. Now, we know not a single instance of self-pardon, say these writers. We know of no single instance of self-pardon having been recognized as legitimate. They then go on to say even the Pope does not pardon himself. On March 28, 2014, in St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, Pope Francis publicly kneeled before a priest and confessed his sins for about three minutes. President Trump perhaps thinks he can do a lot of things just because he's the president. He says that as president, he can act as if he has no conflicts of interest. He says that he can fire the FBI director for any reason he wants. In one sense, Trump is right. He can do all of these things, although there may be legal repercussions if he does do them. Using official powers for corrupt purposes, such as impeding or obstructing an investigation, can con constitute a crime. Remember the first article of impeachment for Nixon was obstruction of justice. Well, according to these writers, and according to what I know of constitutional law, the president cannot pardon himself. As a matter of fact, I think it would be a very difficult thing if he did that, or even tried to do that, it would probably start a constitutional crisis that this country does not need to deal with. Now, another author, he is a law professor, Jonathan Thurley, says Trump probably can legally pardon himself, and we're going to talk about that a little bit after the break, give you another aspect of it. I don't agree with Jonathan Turley, but I want to give you both sides of this pardon notion that the president has power to do. As you know, you're listening to Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. I come to you live on Thursdays, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TalkZone, Internet Radio at its best. You can find out more about me by going to my website, leonardbirdsong.com. You can also buy my books off my website. There's information about me and my background. I am a law professor now. I was once a diplomat for the United States and once a federal prosecutor. As I said earlier, you can read some of my dumb criminal law stories whenever you want to by going to my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com. Birdsongslaw.com. We will be back with you. For me to talk about Jonathan Turley and what he says about the president being allowed to pardon himself or his family. This is Leonard Birdsong. Stick with us, folks. We are happy to have you. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. 
Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. 